It's a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live at RGS Exteriors. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. It's no mystery. Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. Joining us now, a former Ute receiver and our good friend, he is Kenneth Scott with us here on The Big Show. Kenneth, thank you so much for a few minutes. Happy Rivalry Week to you. Oh, man, likewise. This is a well-awaited game. It's been a long time, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be a fun and entertaining one like per usual. So when your friends and family outside of, of Utah and the familiarity with, with Utah-BYU, when they ask you about it, what do you tell them? I tell them, you know, mainly because, you know, my peers are more of the era of the USC-UCLA robberies. I tell them it's something similar to that. But it's a little more personal, <laughs> um, family-wise. But that's what I kind of equated to. So what are you expecting to see on Saturday night? Man, I'm not going to lie, man. I'm expecting a, it's gonna be a hard-fought game, per usual. You know, it, it doesn't matter whether someone's up by 28 points and it comes down to a last drive type of effect or, uh, you know, a last field goal. But I feel like it's going to be something of that essence once again, um, just based off you know, what I've seen from Arizona for last game um, and, you know, what I've seen from Utah this game. I think it'll be a really good game, like, on both uh, sides of the spectrum. So I feel similarly to you, and, and not that there's ever a right or wrong answer when you're doing predictions, but Gordon thinks that the, that the Utes are going to win by 14. I, I would pick the Utes, but I think it's going to be closer kind of for the reasons that you're talking about. Some weird happens, or the game goes, you know, is based on a play or two that swings things. You know, going back to the bowl game when mm-hmm. uh, the Utes were up huge, and then Utah, or excuse me, then BYU came crawling back through the rest of the game. It's just weird stuff. Explain why, why do you think that is? Why do you think sometimes? Sometimes these games don't go according to maybe how you'd predict. You know what? That's a great question. I, I, I really don't know, you know, because dating back to my last year there at the University of Utah, you know, I thought we had that game in the bag, uh, the Vegas ball, 35-7. to 7. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's no way they're coming back from this. I even put my helmet to the side knowing I wasn't going to get back in. <laughs> but I guess it's the, the football gods that, you know, wanted us to have that memorable type game per usual so that, you know, families can talk about it on years on end. So I think that's, I think it's just the football gods wanting us to have a good game. It's something to talk about. What What do you think the nature of the game will be like? Will it be a defensive struggle or do you think there will be a lot of points scored? What? Oh, that's tough. You know, being that our defense is really good, um, I think the success that BYU had, you know, I, I was looking at their game and, you know, I, I love the receiver number two. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but, you know, despite not having Samson and Nakua um, available, you know, number two on BYU really performed really well. You know, I think I saw when he caught that over the shoulder for 67 yards. Man, that, that was that was thing of beauty to see. Um, then they're running back. You know, they're, they're running back Tyler. I don't know his last name either, but uh, he had a pretty good game. You know, averaged around five, six yards a carry. And, and then the quarterback, Jaron, he has a little wiggle back there and can make things happen on his feet as well, uh, as well, you know, in the air. So, um, 
looking at them from that perspective, I'm like, man, they have a lot that they can bring to the table as far as offensively that, you know, have some power, especially if they bring Samson and uh, Puka back. And then I look at them on the defense end, I've seen that guy almost had like 20 tackles. You know, I'm like, dang, okay. There's some 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 things out there that they can do. And then obviously you know about Chaz um, and the other folks. But, you know, when it comes to uh, – you know, uh, BYU and their defense, you know, it's going to be a hard fall game. They're going to be physical with you up front uh, and on the back end, they're going to talk a lot of smack. And so um, with our team, you know, the way we displayed, you know, offensively, I think it's going to look pretty well um, as far as what we can do. Um, everybody's seen it. We can go shoot. If we really wanted to, we could go 14 personnel, one running back and have four tight ends, uh, you know, lined up at receiver. We could really do that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think people seem to versatile, um, well, versatile, versatileness of our offense, you know, of the different packages that we can have because of all the different uh, people that we have. So it's going to be a great game, man. It's going to be a real chess match to figure out, okay, it's going to be a battle of the packages, you know, how people line up towards certain things because how diverse our offense is. So, I mean, it's going to be a fun one to watch. Kenneth Scott is with us, a former U receiver, of course, here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Kenneth, you played uh, at Utah. I don't want to say you played for Kalani because obviously he was on the other side of, uh, you know, coaching defense. And almost the offense, But, yeah, <laughs> almost. Ooh, what's the backstory there? They almost flip you over to defense? Yeah, Coach Kalani wanted me to play safety uh, coming in because, you know, <laughs> out of high school, I was a I was a safety. You know, I, I played receiver and safety, and he loved my physicality out in the perimeter. And uh, I remember it was my red shirt freshman year, uh, and he was like, hey, you know, he's not getting that much action on the offensive end as far as passes thrown to him, but let's utilize him on defense. And so, you know, Coach Rod wasn't having that. Coach Rod was like, nah, no, nah, you ain't taking Scotty away. Uh-uh. <laughs> and so uh, it almost happened. It almost happened. Wow. <laughs> well, uh, with that in mind, uh, you, you know Coach uh, Sataki really well. Uh, you, you know, the, your feeling about BYU and the rival as a player, I'm sure, is one thing. But since Coach went to BYU, does it change your perception of the rivalry as a fan? Because I'm sure it's hard to root against uh, him and Coach A-Rod right now, right? Man, it is. I am not going to lie. It's so hard because, you know, especially for me, you know, with Coach A-Rod, you know, he's one of the guys that, you know, looked out for me personally as a player. He knew my whole family. He's the only reason why I went to Utah. Well, he was the main reason I went to Utah because of our relationship um, and recruiting status. And and then one of the reasons why, you know, I ultimately stayed, you know, when when things were tough, um, it was because of him. You know, if it wasn't for Coach Rod, I don't know if I would have been there. Um, and so I always want to see Coach Rod do good no matter what. He can be at Weber State. He can be at wherever. I'm going to, you know, cheer on Coach Rod. And then Sataki being a great guy that he is, I'm going to cheer him on. Coach Tuiaki, I'm going to cheer him on. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, they have a lot of uh, – Utah background over there that I just can't go against, even though it's our rivalry. You know, I love them, but in this game, I'm, I'm, obviously I want them to do good, but I want us to get the W as well. So um, it's one of those things. Can you remember a time when Utah had anything close to the the uh, the bevy of tight ends that they have? And these guys are talented, man. Well, I try to warn y'all. I try to warn y'all. These tight ends are something. I, the, the secret, the secret sauce, man. It, of course, people are looking at Dalton Kincaid, but that guy from Australia, Yasmin, he's a player too. Like, of course, we know about Keithy and Fatherham and Fatherham and all them. And but Dalton Kincaid is going to be. He's like a 
perennial tight end. Like, he is the mold of a tight end. Like, he's a big body, can catch, he can do everything. Uh, but there's a there's a secret weapon that Yasmin gets from Australia, man. He can ball, too. And so, uh, I remember previously in my younger years, you know, when we had uh, Dallin Rogers, uh, Kendrick Moahe, Wesley Tonga, Brad Clifford, um, we had some good tight ends. They just weren't used as much as in the system as, you know, we have right now. But I think if Coach Ludwig was there when we had the Kendrick, the Dallas, the Wesleys, the Jakes, and, which obviously everybody knows Jake, but um, if we utilize them, that's the way we use like now, then people will talk about that um, that previous tight end group because Wesley Tonga is probably the most athletic tight end that I've seen uh, in Utah as far as athletically. The guy, if you've seen him on a basketball court, he moves effortlessly. And so um, I think if we had, you know, that type of mode over here with the tight ends that we had previously, I think, you know, people will make some comparisons between the two. So, obviously, you have a high opinion of, of Coach Roderick, and I think there are a lot of folks in the know who share that with you. But there's no question that while you were at Utah, the offensive coordinating position was a tad bit unstable. And now we've seen Coach Ludwig with the team for, what is this, Gordon, going into his fourth year back? Third or fourth, fourth year. Third yeah. or fourth year back. Has that stability been a positive, do you think? I think it has. Um not only from just a current state, but from a recruiting standpoint as well. You know, you think about the offense that he has, and now you can figure out, okay, this guy fits well. So in the recruiting end, you can sort of like select players that's going to fit in this recruiting, I mean, fit in this type of mode of offense. Uh, prior, you know, we had stability issues on the offensive end as far as like the coordinator position, but and it caused us to, you know, run different type of play styles every year. Um in some styles fit other, you know, others differently. Um, but uh, I think with the consistent coordinator in place with the right uh, system, it allows us to, uh, you know, obviously um, enhance what we have currently, but also for future perspectives too, getting the guys in, in the place of our system. I mean, that's why teams like USC, like literally you can date all the way back to uh, <laughs> both like Keyshawn and you got Patrick Turner and you have uh, Garrett and you have like Marquise Lee, Robert Woods, Nelson Elgalar. Like you can like insert people in those positions and they're going to be good no matter who it is. Like the guy Drake London, like you can literally insert anybody into those positions. They're going to have a phenomenal year it's just because they have a great system in place um, that's going to you know, give them that type of uh, notoriety. So uh, with this system in place, um, it's, you can now see it. Like people are starting to get a notoriety that they deserve because it's consistent um, than what it was previously. So give us a score. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I'll say 34-24. Oh, the- that's okay. exactly what Austin predicted. Pretty it? much. Pretty close. Hold on, Austin. What? You predicted 34-24? Uh, I said 34-27, actually. Oh, oh that's right. Mean, close. 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 Very close. <laughs> okay. I could see 34-24. You know, that's that's close. These games have been close. That's kind of what Gordon and I have been talking about is is this, you know, they've the Utes have won by more than 14 points twice in the last, uh, you know, out of the streak of nine. Usually it's a little bit closer than that. And how does this year feel? And 10, it, it wouldn't surprise me. And Gordon could easily be right and it'll be 14. But, I, you know, 10, I could easily see it going that way. We're all guessing. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you all this. What was your thoughts about Tabion last game? Yeah, <laughs> that boy that guy, can run the rock. That, yeah. that guy is average nine yards a carry. <laughs> well, we see it all the Boy's time, Kenneth. And I, it, it was true when you got there. It, we, you know, Coach Witt would take a minute to figure out who that RB one was, but once they did, they they it was off to the races, yeah. right? And I think we may see 
him get a little, a few more touches. Let's put it that way. <laughs> for sure, man. He's a beast. All right, Kenneth. Well, hey, thank you, as always, for coming on the show. We always look forward to it. And, of course, you're a Rivalry Week staple, and uh, it, we appreciate you coming on. Hey, no problem, you guys. Hope you have a good one, and go Utes, especially in this game. <laughs> All right, Kenneth. <laughs> Thanks, man. You know, Kenneth is really good. Oh, just a set. He was, uh, I mean, he was a good player for Utah, but he was one of those personalities that you love to talk to. He's got a great story. He's got a great outlook on life. Yeah. You know, very positive dude. And, um, he, and he, he's well-informed. He yeah. keeps up with what's going on. He broke down Utah and BYU. And remember his journey at Utah was riddled with some injuries and some, some you know, adversity that yeah. he had to overcome. Mm-hmm. And he's... He's a good dude. Yep. And one of those guys who's, who's easy to root for in, in life and certainly on the field as well. All right. Hey. We'll have more coming up next. Live from RGS, it's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone.